Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You know, your house smells. Don't get mad. Don't get mad. My house smells too. I'm not not indicting you. I'm sure you keep a clean home, but just time means you're going to acquire smells, whether those are cooking smells that get in your paint, your carpet. Maybe they're animal smells. Maybe you're a smoker or someone else was. Just living creates smells. I didn't realize that my home had a smell to it until I got my first Eden Pure Thunderstorm, the greatest air purifier I've ever, ever owned in my life. This thing, I had it plugged in for two hours. I came back in the room and my air smelled so clean. I now own three of them. I'm not making that up. This thing has absolutely changed me on top of what it's done for my allergies. Go get one. Get two. Be like me and get three. Go to EdenPureDeals.com. Make sure you use the promo code JESSE. That gets you 10 bucks off and free shipping. EdenPureDeals.com. Promo code JESSE. This is The Jesse Kelly Show. 
Chris is a bad person. He's a bad person. We will get to that in the show. Said something I absolutely did not laugh about. We'll discuss that. I was thinking today, as I was sitting down in my chair here, you know, look, it takes a lot of prep time to do this show. I sat down in my chair like 15 seconds before Chris turned on the microphone, and it gave me some time to think. And it occurred to me that I don't think we've ever done a show on any kind of a major construction project. Now, when I say construction project, I'm talking about building wonders out there. And there are some amazing things people have built. And I'm talking pyramids, you know, that could, wild stuff. A chapel, what's that chapel? Chris Sistine Chapel, Great Wall of China. There's been parts of it in every show. Transcontinental Railroad, that's a good I don't think we've ever done one on the railroads, Chris. And it occurred to me, that's kind of weird. I actually come, as everybody knows, I come from a construction family. It's what we do. And we have done shows on every freaking thing. On spies, kings, good guys, bad guys, whole countries. Individual battles, entire wars, certain aspects of wars, rebellions, torture. We've done so much. The Black Plague. We've done just everything, and we've never done something on construction. And it's weird because so much of our world is a result of outstanding construction projects and advancements and engineering wonders. And I've never done one on it. And I wonder if I don't have some kind of mental block or something. But I figured if we're going to do a show on construction, we might, we might as well choose for our first construction show ever the biggest construction project in the history of the world. Anyone want to venture a guess what it is? Give you five seconds before I ruin it for you. Panama Canal. The Panama Canal. Now, don't change the channel. Give me a moment. Construction projects in general, aren't sexy. I get it. I totally get it. I'm a dude. I get it. I want to see bombs and explosions and knives and spies and kings and hot chicks and and planes and boats and same stuff you like. When you're trying to explain somebody, well, this is how much concrete they used, it can get real boring real fast. You know we're not going to do that. However, it is, one, important that you and I understand the way our world works and why it works that way. And two, when you dig into some of these projects and what's involved in them and the treachery and the death and the the profit, it's your history. It's my history. We should look into it. 
So let us begin on the greatest construction project ever. And you could do two or three hours probably on the Panama Canal. It's not one of those things I'm going to sit here and tell you, oh, you should definitely, you know, I'll, I'll be honest with you when I tell you, you should really go get a book or two on it. It's way more than I can do in a show. You know, I always just give you the 30,000-foot view stuff. You should do a book on it. I don't know that you have to do a book on the Panama Canal, but you should definitely do some reading on it. Very, very fascinating. First of all, let us begin in a kind of a weird part of the story. The Panama Canal, one, was not supposed to be in Panama. It was supposed to be in Nicaragua. And two, Panama didn't exist when we wanted to build the Panama Canal. Did not exist as its own country. And uh, you have us to thank for both of those things. <laughs> Here was the situation on the ground. Let's start with Nicaragua first of all. As you well know, America, Central America, South America, were places that were colonized by Europeans. Remember, this is not the show where I act like colonization is some evil thing by the white man. We don't do that. But they were colonized by the English, by the Spanish, by the Portuguese, by the French. Everyone knows this. And... The Spanish obviously had huge amounts of influence in Western United States and then Mexico, Central America, South America, with obvious exceptions like Brazil, where Portugal got in and stayed. Spain really, really, really ran things from Mexico down for a very, very, very long time. Well, the Mexicans, they have a big revolution, 1821, finally kicking the Spanish out. Should be noted, quick side note, as you probably figured out, that's why all of Latin America speaks Spanish. Except for, obviously, Brazil, who speaks Portuguese. And I think a couple others, maybe Peru, I believe. There are a couple other uh, Portuguese-based countries down there, but who cares about Portugal anyway? Spain gets real, real, real weak. Thank you, Napoleon and others. Spain gets real weak. They really can't keep a foothold in Mexico. These Mexican people are rising up, looking around, doing what people do, similar to what we did, saying, uh, I think we're going to go ahead and govern ourselves, do our own thing here. 1821, I believe the year was. I didn't look this up. 1821, Mexicans had the revolution. Spain, gone. Get out of there. That was a rough go for Mexico, trying to get themselves organized. And in many ways, you can see that extend to today. Because, look, 1821 is not that long ago in the lens of history. The Mexicans are still getting it figured out. We're not going to go into that and why I'm very frustrated with that to this day. Because, as you know, I love Mexico. Great place. I want to own a place down there one day. Great people, great families, great food, great beer, great beaches. I mean, cool mountains, just an awesome, awesome country. Good natural resources, beautiful country, and just a government that's total crap. Sucks. Be that as it may. Mexico's trying to get things figured out. Well, do the math. 
post-Spanish rule, you know, post-European power rule, if a country the size of Mexico with that many people and that many resources is struggling to figure things out, what do you think that tiny hodgepodge of countries in Central America are doing? It's tough. It's very, very, very tough. They are still in this long transition period from kind of Indian tribal peoples to civilized society to, and now you don't even have guidance anymore. I'm, I'm, I'm doing a long story short here. Central America's having it rough. Very poor, trying to get organized, and a man named Zelaya takes power eventually in Nicaragua. Zelaya's legacy is absolutely all over the map. When I say all over the map, well, you have to make your own judgment. You need a gold IRA. You just have to have it these days. And the reason the reason I get uncomfortable talking about this sometimes is, one, it's money. I don't love talking about money all the time. Two, you sound like a doomsday prophet anymore. I'm not trying to sound doomsday. No, I don't think you're going to wake up starving to death in some third world nation tomorrow morning. That's not what I'm saying. But financial problems are coming. They are coming here, and they're coming sooner than you think. You need a gold IRA to make sure all that money you have in stocks and bonds doesn't disappear if the market craters. We know this. Just go to Gold Alliance. They'll walk you through it. Goldalliance.com slash jesse. Again, that's goldalliance.com slash jesse. Jesse Kelly returns next. Not going to belabor the Nicaragua part because it didn't end up in Nicaragua. But the man named Zelaya takes over. Some consider him a tyrant. Many consider him a hero. He builds roads. He builds schools. He allows voting, secret voting, which is a big deal. Again, this Mexico, Central America, so corrupt at this point in time. So just very having a rough go of it. So you know by now. Situations like that oftentimes require a patriotic tyrant of some kind for a time. They get one. And as part of this whole thing, we are working with Zelaya to put the Panama Canal through Nicaragua. It will probably help you to do the Google Maps thing and just look at Panama and Nicaragua. Let me clarify something when it comes to the Panama Canal. This was not the idea of Teddy Roosevelt. People above the age of five 
can look at a map of the world and look at that wee little strip right there and think, wow, somebody should figure out a way to connect the Atlantic and Pacific Ocean there. That would be very, very handy. And very handy is a real mild way to say that'll keep us from getting our ships routinely sunk as they cross around the southern tip of South America, which is supposed to be hazardous, to put it mildly. Not only does it take a long time, it's dangerous. We're talking the 1500s saw people looking at this land saying, man, we should really connect those two things. I wish there was a way to connect those two things. It's so narrow. The oceans are right there. It's just very close. So Nicaragua is the original plan for us in the Panama Canal. Now, it doesn't work out that way because there are some people, business interests around the world, don't want it in Nicaragua. They want it going through Panama. And in one of the worst cases of journalist malpractice in, I mean, gosh, probably the world, here's what happens. They pass a bill through Congress saying we're going to build the Panama Canal in Nicaragua. I should say it passes through the House. And when I say passes, I don't mean it was close. I think there were something like two votes against it. Everyone just understood this was a done deal. Well, journalists and business interests join together, and they decide they don't want this thing in Nicaragua. Well, Nicaragua has a funny thing at this point, and this is going to sound like a small thing. It's going to turn out to be a very big thing. Nicaragua doesn't print its own postage stamps. It's so small, it outsources that to America. So they'll also outsource, you know, find an artist. Hey, what are we putting on this next postage stamp? They print a Nicaraguan postage stamp that has a mountain on it. And the artist thinks it'll be really cool if we put like some smoke coming out the top of a mountain, almost looking like a volcano. We take this stamp and use it as an idea. The people who want this stopped in Nicaragua. They start spreading through Congress that Nicaragua is some earthquake, active volcano-ridden hellhole. They make this place sound like Mordor from Lord of the Rings, which is completely not true. And any volcanoes they have there have been inactive for, like, ever. It's just completely not true. And it starts tearing, tearing through Congress. And not only that. They're sending out you know, letters to the congressmen informing them of this, and they're including the Nicaraguan postage stamp with the volcano on it. Journalists, of course, pick this up, and they're like, oh, can you believe they're about to build, they're about to build a railway through hell on earth? And poor Nicaragua's like, whoa, wait, what? We're fine. What are you talking about? What are you talking about? And they ended up not, they ended up not getting it. So we, we want to build ours through Panama. Well, there's not really a Panama. Panama at this time, when we want to build our canal through it, Panama is part of Colombia. You're looking at that map. You're seeing how all this links up here. Panama is just part of Colombia. 
We ask Colombia, hey, can we build a canal through here? Colombia says, no. We make generous offers to Colombia. Obviously, we're not just trying to stomp through there. We'll do this, this, and this for you. Let us build a canal through here. Colombia says, no. Well, we're America and you're Colombia. And we really, really have this feeling in this country, have and, you know, had of a certain destiny. All empires do. We're not, we're not immune from that. Just because we've done it a little softer than many others, we're not immune from that, nor do you have to apologize for it. That's the history of the world. So we decide, well, look, I mean, if you're not, gonna, if you're not going to accept payment for Panama, we do have other means. And wouldn't you know it, a rebellion pops up in Panama. A rebellion, they park it in Panama and tell the government of Colombia, we are our own government. And not only does the rebellion pop up virtually out of nowhere, as luck would have it, man, these guys have tons of funds. These guys have guns. We're not talking about rebels in rags and muskets here. These guys have modern weaponry. And guess who decides to jump in out of nowhere completely inexplicably and say, you know what? We're recognizing this new country and this new government. Go, Panama. You've got a friend in us. <laughs> it's the ultimate screw job. We screwed Colombia so bad. Not only that, we sent troops. I'm talking United States Marines. Hey, hey, Colombia, don't step out of bounds here. This is an official nation. Don't you dare step in. <laughs> Good for us. Okay. Panama's its own thing now. I also, I do have to mention before we get to where we're going, the French in the Panama Canal. The French had this idea too. As I said, this idea didn't originate with us and didn't even originate with France. This is an old, old idea to build this land thing. Anybody with a map can look and think we should join these two. And France has this dude who just, who, who got, I mean, he did the Suez Canal. The Suez Canal, if you're unfamiliar with it, is in Egypt. Very, very important waterway. I believe it connects the Mediterranean and Red Sea, I think. Chris looked that up to make sure I didn't screw that up for a million people. <laughs> I have to be careful giving out bad information I just make up on the fly. Is it Mediterranean Red Sea? Oh, nice it is. Which is critically important shipping line. And once that hemisphere builds a canal and one guy pulls off a canal, you start looking around and think, who else really needs a canal? And we really needed a canal in the Western Hemisphere. However, couple problems. One, the Suez Canal is in flat desert. I mean, it looks like a pool table over there. Panama doesn't look like that. Now, the Suez Canal is not exactly balmy. It is in Egypt. However, desert heat and jungle heat are two critically different things. Allow me to explain briefly as somebody who has spent extensive time in both. I am not discounting desert heat. I have personally fried eggs on rocks before in the desert. But there's a difference. 
Hang on. Credit score is everything. It is absolutely everything. And this is what's wild about it. I see people, they'll teach their kids, teachers will teach their students about spending money, making money, you know, so make sure you spend less than you make. And they'll teach so many basic things, savings accounts, save for a rainy day, all the basic things. But people do not talk enough about the one major difference in huge money savings down the road and major difference in getting that car you want, home you want. It ain't the saving or spending. It's the credit score. If yours is low, that's fine. ScoreMaster can take care of you. On average, 61-point increase in 20 days or less. Go to scoremaster.com slash jesse. That's scoremaster.com slash jesse. Get that credit score up now. the French. You're feeling pretty proud of yourself. Suez Canal. Woo! Good for us. And the French entrepreneur who builds says Suez Canal is thinking to himself, I don't think I'd mind going ahead and notching another one of these on my belt before I die. Let's head to Panama in the 1880s. But the jungle ain't the desert. Desert heat is miserable. I'll never live in the desert again. It's dry. Your skin cracks. Miserable. It's not the jungle. In the jungle, you get hot and things rot. I did not mean for that to rhyme, but when you're as good as I am, it just comes naturally. Shut up, Chris. Things rot off of your body. Your skin will just be like breaking away. Your feet, rashes everywhere. And the big one, disease. Yes, animals are also a problem in the jungle. Poisonous snakes, poisonous spiders, big problem, but... Disease in the jungle thrives. Disease does not thrive in the desert. Don't send me your emails about, oh, you missed a, the outbreak in this desert. No. Jungle is where disease lives because jungle is where everything lives. If a bunch of things live in a single place, disease is going to thrive there too. Panama that little strip of land that looks so good on Google Maps as you're thinking about that canal looks a lot different on the ground. It's all the living hell construction environments rolled up into one. It is jungle, and I mean equator jungle. 130 degrees in the summertime jungle with 
humidity. I have seen grown fit men, and I mean infantry trained United States Marines. I have seen them walk a couple miles in that kind of heat and humidity and just simply collapse and need an IV. That kind of heat and humidity can suck the life out of you before you can comprehend it. Oh, it's not just the jungle. Mountainous jungle. In case you thought that was all either, the soil, absolutely dreadful to build in. People who aren't in construction oftentimes don't realize this. All soils are not the same. Different soils react different ways. In Panama, when you strip off some ground, the ground above it just sloughs off and drops right into your trench. And that's if it's even solid ground. If it's mud, I don't have to elaborate for you how that goes. And in the 1880s, when France starts this thing, they simply don't know enough about disease and how disease spreads. You and I... Well, I don't think we live at the end of history. Undoubtedly, 500 years from now, they're going to look at some of our, 100 years from now, they're going to look at some of our medical practices today and they're going to think, those freaking idiots, that was the dumbest thing I've ever seen. What were they thinking? Well, you want to know what dumb is? Here's dumb. It wasn't their fault. France starts this massive railway project. Massive canal project, massive construction project, trying to build the Panama Canal. They sink a fortune into it, and workers start dying in droves from disease, mainly yellow fever. And when I say droves, you can see the tombstones to this day. 22,000 Frenchmen will die here. I mean 200 a month dying in droves. And they're dying mainly of yellow fever. Some malaria, but mainly of yellow fever. The French, they don't know how yellow fever is transmitted. They think it is ants when it's actually mosquitoes. So what do the French do to try to treat patients suffering from yellow fever, treat patients suffering from other things? I mean, France is a modern, powerful country at this time. They have facilities and such. Here's what they do. Let's say you have a little rash or a little disease, maybe even a little yellow fever. Maybe you have a little something. They're going to haul you into their hospital facility, but man, it's awfully stuffy in here and it smells. Have you ever been, you know what? Go open the window. They left the windows open in their hospital facilities with no screens as the mosquitoes flew in and out. Oh, I'm not done there. Well, He's in here in the hospital. We want to make sure we make it nice for him. Somebody somebody go get some potted plants. I bet they'll want some potted plants. Potted plants that hold little pools of water where mosquitoes thrive. Oh, you thought that was bad? Remember when I told you it was ants they thought it was? They thought ants were transmitting the yellow fever? That hospital bed where you just laid down that French worker. Well, we can't have the ants crawling up the beams to go bite him, right, and spread more disease. So they took a little cup of water and placed all four posts of the bed inside the cup of water so the ants wouldn't be able to crawl through it 
Yes, that's right. They brought patients into hospitals and created mosquito breeding grounds right underneath them. France, it actually turned out to be this huge scandal. I think it's called the Panama Affair to this day. Maybe I should do something on it one time, a separate show. I don't want to do that today. But when I say a fortune, I mean trillions they spent there. This wealthy, absurdly wealthy entrepreneur who kind of started this whole thing goes bankrupt. He has investors. I think I think 8,000 of them. And maybe more. Don't quote me on that number. He has tons of investors. They're all going bankrupt. People were the guy who headed this for France was sentenced to prison. He didn't end up having to go, but it was a big deal. The country of France had its pride wounded, and you know how the French handle that. They look stupid. They finally call off the project. 22,000 people dead. Investors lost everything. I mean, it was considered, uh, it, this was a world scandal. Everybody knew about it. This was a living hell. What, the Panama must be a living hell. Americans, oftentimes, sometimes to our detriment, but oftentimes, we take that as a challenge. Wow. Just because the dirty French do it doesn't mean, just because the French can't do it doesn't mean Americans can't do it. America can do this. America digs in. America decides we're going to purchase. You see, the French own these rights by this point in time. America decides, ah, we're going to take those off your hands. Here's a little money to help with your debt problem. And we just stole it from them. Just absolutely stole it from them. (laughs) But now you've got to build a project here too. And you have to figure out, one, the disease. Two, how you're actually going to do it. The plan was, and I don't want to go full engineering teacher on you here, nor am I qualified to do so, but the plan was, obviously, the Atlantic Ocean and Pacific Ocean are both at sea level. Let's do what we did with the Suez Canal and just dig this massive canal through here at sea level. Whatever's in front of us, just dig it all the way down. Again, that may work in the flat top desert. That don't work for the freaking mountains of Panama. You cannot, re- I mean, I guess you can, but removing entire mountains is a bit time and labor intensive. They decide they're going to come up with something different. One of the coolest systems I've ever heard. Hang on. stocky follow like and subscribe on social at jesse kelly dc i am having truck problems as you know yes i know what you're saying right now again yes again i understand that i'm not trading it in i don't have to trade it in i'm simply going to get it fixed again why well because i have a car shield auto protection plan that means one i don't have to spend a fortune to get my truck fixed when it needs to get fixed two The payments are flexible. The payments are flexible. And three, I can take it to whichever mechanic I want or dealership I want. Now, I have a mechanic I love, but CarShield lets me do that. So I get my car repairs for cheaper. I get to take it where I want 
and my payments are flexible. That is the definition of customer service. That's why I love them so much. Go get a CarShield plan for you. CarShield.com. That's CarShield.com. Don't forget to use the code JESSE. A deductible may apply. the disease, then we'll get to the construction. We have some pretty sharp people here. I'm sure you've heard of Walter Reed Hospital by now. You want to know something about Walter Reed? Walter Reed is one of the men who made the Panama Canal possible and saved thousands of lives. You see, we figured out this disease, it ain't the ants. It's the mosquitoes. And we don't want our people dying in droves. We're not going to make the mistake France did. So we send down, uh, they called it the Mosquito Brigade. And do you want to know why to this day there are very, very, very low amounts of mosquito-borne disease in Panama? Which is weird because it's a Central American country, right? Well, this is why. The Mosquito Brigade goes into Panama, and I don't mean 50 guys with a couple sprayers. We go into Panama with screens for the windows, thousands and thousands and thousands of gallons of oil, powdered insecticide, liquid insecticide. We coat walls, cities, streets with it. We tear through the countryside with it. Pools, lakes, you have a gigantic standing bottle of water? Here, enjoy some oil on it and in it so the mosquitoes cannot grow. We sent down the mosquito, which is really impressive at this time. We're talking early 1900s. We sent down a mosquito brigade and virtually eliminated mosquito-borne illness in the country of Panama. That's freaking awesome. That's really, really an incredible feat. They did this ahead of time so our workers could go down there. Now, how are you going to do it if you can't do it at sea level? They are going to do it with a lift system. Now I have to dig into my bag of tricks and use my incredible powers of word illustration, Chris. This is what I want you to picture. You're looking at an overhead of the Panama Canal, right? You're looking at a Google Maps image. I want you to do me a favor. Act like you're looking at it from the side instead of above now. Atlantic Ocean on the right, Pacific Ocean on your left. Do a little mountain thing in your mind with Panama in the middle. Instead of having a flat water line from ocean to ocean, they're going to put essentially steps in but steps full of water. You see, you're going to drive your ship into a gigantic tank. Believe me when I tell you I'm simplifying this. You're going to pull your ship from the Atlantic from right to left, and it's going to pull into a gigantic tank. Well, we did something else. 
We built a huge dam on a river that's a big part of the Panama Canal, thus making it a huge lake, a man-made lake. It's this huge man-made lake. You can go on it to this day. You pull your ship into your first compartment. They then, using gravity, not pumps, using gravity, open up the gates and flood that compartment you're in with water from the lake that's above you, meaning your ship, sitting in water, raises up to the level of the next lock, which is above you on the left, meaning you're going up the steps. They then open up that gate and your ship pulls through. They do it again, open up that gate, and your ship pulls through. You drive clear through the Panama Canal, get clear to the other side, and then you do the same thing again in reverse. Pull into this compartment, they drop the water level. You pull through, they drop the water level, you pull through. Highly recommend checking it out. It's an extremely, extremely cool deal. I do not want to sit and act like it was painless by any stretch of the imagination. We still lost like 3,000 people here. And remember, lots of times you're farming out some of this work. We had a bunch of immigrants from the Caribbean, a bunch of black dudes from the Caribbean. Well, they're black dudes in the early 1900s, so automatically you're not exactly going to be given primary positioning. That's the way it was then. And they're immigrants. I mean, black and immigrants, they're really going to be getting the shaft and pretty much all this stuff. So we dumped all the high explosive work on them. And there was a lot of high explosive work because so much of this stuff couldn't be dug out. You had to go dynamite it. Well, this is an inexact science still at this time. I mean, it's still an inexact science. It's, they're a lot better about it today. But... You're, you drill a hole in the ground and drop some dynamite in there. Maybe you need one stick. Maybe you need 40 sticks. Let's drop some in and find out. Timers are going off the wrong way. In one explosion, 22 guys died instantly. They said they were flying through the air like birds, pieces of them. And that's just that part. Another part of a construction project you and I don't think about enough well, I got life experience in this. Where are you going to put the dirt? Hang on. Your home title, it's not just a piece of paper anymore. Your home title gets sent to the cloud. You know what the cloud is? The cloud is this gigantic area online where titles and everything else gets digitized and it's there. Guess what area of the internet cyber thieves live and die for? That's right, the cloud. Every waking moment, cyber thieves are out there finding a way to hack into it and steal that information. And if they get a hold of your home title, which they're doing in droves now, they can hurt you bad. Really, really bad. I mean, wiping out your finances bad. Getting evicted from your home bad. Unless you have home title lock. 
The second they detect tampering, they shut it down. Get it today. HomeTitleLock.com. Use the code RADIO for 30 days for free. Where does the dirt go? You're digging this huge canal. We're talking 300 by 350 by 9 miles. That is a gargantuan amount of dirt. And you're having more and more slough in. What do you do about this? They're having a hard time with the engineers and construction workers they have figuring out where to put the dirt. Well, sometimes you have to look in odd places for solutions. Who were the titans of industry in America at this time? They were the men who did steel. Carnegie. That's how you say his name, Chris. They were the Rockefellers, the oil men. J.P. Morgan, the finance men. But we should never, ever, ever forget The railroad men were the ones who originally connected the eastern part of America and the western part of America. You have a problem like this, maybe you don't call a construction guy. Maybe you call a railway guy. Jesse Kelly Show. This is the Jesse Kelly Show. Teddy Roosevelt, who's running this whole affair as president of the United States of America, gives a phone call to a man named John Frank Stevens. He built the Great Northern Railway in America. Tells him we have a problem. And men like Stevens thrive on things like this. First things first, Stevens goes down there and... He realizes, as somebody who has built a railway across the United States of America, there are certain things you have to have for major construction projects. One of them is facilities for the workers. And I don't just mean a cot on the ground. He starts putting together medical facilities, housing facilities, and not shacks and shanties either. Nice stuff. One thing that's extremely underrated out there is treating employees well. I'm not saying you should do that because you're a good person. I mean, obviously, I think you should do that. Trying to be a good person. It's just smart business. I have been with people, companies, 
who treated their employees like crap. I've been with companies who treat their employees really, really well. Companies who treat their employees really, really well inevitably over time will acquire more long-lasting talent, and that's really what you want as a company. You want talented people familiar with your culture who've bought into your culture and stick around. And let me clarify, employees and employers out there, Treating employees well does not always mean money. Oftentimes it doesn't. Obviously, you want to make sure employees are always fairly compensated. Always. No question about that. You underpay them, they're going to leave anyway. However, know what's underrated? Extremely underrated in this day and age? Taking a day off, you mind? Yeah, go. Have a good one. See you tomorrow. Have a have a good weekend. You know what's underrated? Hey, I've got these uh, expenses for my road trip I had to go on for you. Yeah, we'll get that paid right away, and you turn around a, a paycheck. You know what the company who loses talent, you know what they do? Uh, actually, it shows here that you spent $12 instead of $11 on a meal, so that's actually going to have to come out of your pocket. That's somebody who's never keeping any talent ever. Ever. Stevens understands this. Goes down, creates a nice environment for the workers, which is going to bring him a better quality of worker. Stevens also builds a railway. We need a railway. What you need to haul all this dirt off are trains. And he not only builds trains, he lines up this system. It's very, very cool. You can see it. There are even many videos of it out there. He lines up this system. I want you to picture a train car with essentially a a little train car with a little crane on the front of it. He has a track, a train track that holds together The train in front of the car can reach out, pick up the track in front of it, and set it down where it wants and drive over to it. And this is the early 1900s, man. These train guys, these titans of industry were so impressive. I understand there are so many bad things you can talk about with these guys. But gosh, the stuff they came up with and the stuff they made happen. American capitalism and ingenuity is just, we're very blessed to be here. Very blessed to be here. And here's the crazy thing about Stevens, and I've known guys like this, and Roosevelt hated him for it, but I've known guys like this. Stevens didn't work for Roosevelt. Remember, he was a private guy. He agrees to work for Roosevelt for this, but Stevens goes down. He lines out all the facilities. He lines out the railway system. He lines out how you're going to take off the dirt. He lines everything off, out, and then he quits. And Roosevelt's all, wait, what? What do you mean you quit? And Stevens said, Well, all the hard stuff's done. The hard stuff is laying all this stuff out. The actual building it, now that I've laid it out, is not the hard stuff. I'm leaving. Goodbye. Guys like that, they are different, man. There are guys who have to be part of the building and don't do well necessarily once it's built. There are different types of generals out there. There are generals, Patton. Hannibal, others who you want attacking. 
Do not stuff this guy in a fort somewhere. He's going to get in trouble. If you're if he's under your employ, get him some troops and aim him somewhere, and he'll do you just fine. However, there are generals, and these guys are valuable too, who are better at making sure the base runs well. Remember we talked yesterday about Fort Niagara with the Brits? A general who runs a fort, who runs a base really well, is not necessarily a good attacking general. Different people are built differently. These business guys oftentimes are outstanding at walking in to a system that's absolutely in disarray and organizing it, and you're fired, and you're fired, and he's hired, and we got to make sure we get this and spend this money on this, and everything's fine. Okay, we all laid out good. Uh, uh, all right, we look good here. I'm out. Some men are like that. And those guys are awesome, and those guys are necessary. Oftentimes, the grind is where people find their joy. But Stevens ups and quits. Teddy's furious, but Teddy decides instead of hiring another private guy, he's just going to fire, he's just going to hire an army colonel or bring in an army colonel to head up this project because, in Teddy's own words, and I quote, well, he can't quit. Because he works for me. <laughs> but they end up finishing this thing. In the end, in modern money, it cost over $9 trillion. You heard me right with a T as in Tom. One last little tidbit before we move off of the Panama Canal. There's obviously a width on the locks. Right on the locks that raise the ships up. It's the whole canal is not some tiny little shipping lane because of the huge man-made lake they have and created. It's just tight at the entrances. Now, there's a reason there's a limit on the width. And do you want to know what that reason was? Well, when was this thing being built? Early 1900s. One last time, one last little mini trivia question for the day. Can anybody think of a gigantic ship also being built in the early 1900s that would have been famous. That's right. The Titanic. The Panama Canal, the entrances, are the width they are because that was the width of the Titanic, which was world famous when it was built before it sunk to the bottom of the Atlantic Ocean. How about that? That is the Panama Canal. Teddy Roosevelt, little one more little tidbit before we leave this story. And the trivia question, what is the first time a United States president traveled abroad while in office? The answer to said question is Teddy Roosevelt traveling down to the Panama Canal. How about that? That's right, Chris. He wanted to be photoed in a steam shovel. He wanted to tell the workers and did. You are essentially soldiers furthering American interests. There you go. The greatest construction project of all time.
Is he smarter than everyone? Who knows? Does he think so? Yeah. The Jesse Kelly Show. HomeTitleLock.com Today. Not tomorrow. Today. Do this. If you don't believe me, fine. Go look it up yourself. Home title theft is coming. It is all over this country now because, look, it's easy money for these cyber thieves. Believe me when I tell you, um, I saw what they can do personally, firsthand. Less than 10 minutes, my home title, boom, sitting there on my computer screen with my signature and my wife's signature forged on it. It looks so real. For a second, I thought it was real. That's a loan out against my home. That's me, bankrupt. That's me, if I don't catch it in time, getting evicted. That's real. Go to HomeTitleLock.com and start protecting yourself now. HomeTitleLock.com. Don't forget to use the code RADIO. That gets you 30 days of protection. One of the hardest things to do in life, and I don't know that any of us ever do this that well. Some do it better than others. Some do it really, really, really poorly. Is to accept what you can't control and accept that, man, life just comes at you sometimes. And there isn't a safe way to live. And there aren't these saints and geniuses out there who have everything figured out. They're just, there aren't these people. And you want there to be, right? It's, it's human nature. It's how God made us. You, you want there to be. Look, I want there to be. I wish there was. If you told me I could be governed by these saintly geniuses, like a, like a crew of them. Yeah, sure, sure, absolutely, take over the government. But they don't exist. And one of the hardest things for people to wrap their minds around is these saintly geniuses who have everything figured out, this is going to be hard for you to hear. They don't exist in any profession at all. None. We're all just learning. And you and I, we like to rely on certain things. Because otherwise we're just on our own, right? I mean, what do you know about some things? What do I know about some things? The truth is you should be very, very careful who you rely on. And even when you choose someone to rely on, you rely on them in small doses. There aren't these saintly geniuses who have things figured out. Oh, but you know, you've never, you've never met my pastor. I've been there for 20 years, brother. I've met a thousand pastors. Trust me. 
Yours don't have it all figured out. Or rabbi or whatever you people use, Chris. And a big one out there, a big one out there, is doctors. I am not in any way putting down the medical profession, but some of you are going to find what I'm about to say to be pretty insulting. Don't care. You're welcome to email, though. I'm fine getting chewed out. You know, it doesn't bother me. Jesse at jessikellyshow.com. I've known a ton of doctors who were absolutely morons. Just because you're able to get through 9,000 years of medical school doesn't make you a saintly genius at all. And in fact, as we've incentivized things like cosmetic surgery, because we haven't regulated it as much, many of the talented doctors, the more supremely guys, they're redoing some ladies, they're, they're giving some lady boltons instead of giving you, you know, brain surgery. It's star. And that's no insult to brain surgeons or boltons. But I'm just telling you, you want to have faith in doctors. I do too. I go sit in there with the white lab coat on and the tests and the this. I I do it too. And I want to know. That guy knows what he's doing. I want to know. Sometimes he does. Sometimes he doesn't. Sometimes he thinks he does, and he doesn't have a daggone clue. Sometimes, through no fault of his own, this, the information, the science, the technology is not out there yet. And just because they tell you it is, doesn't mean it is. Sometimes you're laying in bed with a mosquito-borne illness, and they set you in a cup of water. That's what medical professionals will do. They're learning, too. And I understand, and believe me, I've seen this to people in my own life. You get a great one. Doctors are like teachers, where most of them pretty much suck, in my opinion. But you get one great one, they'll change your life for the better. They'll change your life. But they're all just learning. Now, I want you to take a moment, and this is difficult because it's not exactly the fondest memory in the world. I want you to take a moment, and I want you to think about everything we did in response to coronavirus. I want you to think about how far-reaching those consequences have been. I'm staring at an article, a $2 trillion map of America's financial loss due to coronavirus. I'm staring at another article, cruise ships dismantled for scrap metal as coronavirus pandemic sinks the industry. And finally, I'm looking at an article, nursing home residents stage protest of coronavirus restrictions. I'm looking at article after article after article. The financial loss, horrific I think about how society has completely reordered itself. Wear a mask here. Can't enter without a mask. Better mask up. Oh, make sure you follow the footsteps on the side of the road that say six feet apart. Make sure you don't talk through that plexiglass. Oh, you haven't spoken in person with your coworkers yet? Enjoy those Zoom phone calls. Can't fly. People yelling at each other. Can't do this. Can't do that. We got pastors arrested. Trillions lost. 
And believe me when I tell you we haven't seen the financial pain yet. All they've done is taken some ibuprofen for that leg that snapped in two. When the pain comes, it's going to be real bad. Consider how we've completely remade American society. And masks. Wear your mask. You better wear your mask. You can't enter my store without your mask. Why isn't Donald Trump wearing a mask? Mask up. Wear a mask. Protect old people. Do you hate grandma? You must hate grandma. Why don't you have a mask on? Mask, mask, mask. Better have a mask. Uh, You should have a mask when you sleep. Wear a mask when you drive by yourself. Headline. CDC. 85% of COVID-19 patients... Let me repeat that. 85% of COVID-19 patients report always or often wearing a mask. We have remade American society. We have cost generations a financial future and we did it because a bunch of doctors and scientists had no idea what they were dealing with but acted like they did and just marched on we lost generations of wealth we lost lives people had to lose their businesses they worked hard for. People had to watch loved ones be buried from a distance because a bunch of scientists and doctors and politicians simply had too much pride to stand up behind a microphone and say the three hardest words in the English language. I don't know. I don't expect everybody to know everything about everything. But when it comes to remaking societies, you better be dang sure of what you're selling. Thanks for that potted plant by my hospital bed. Car Shield has something really cool. Everybody already knows that Car Shield is America's number one auto protection company. And they know that they have a wide range of protection plans, which I love. I love that because, look, what I need isn't what you need. What you need isn't what producer Chris needs. You know, everyone has their own. So they, they, you know, a wide range of plans is nice. But what I really love, the freedom to pick my own mechanic. That's so huge. If you've dealt with any of these other auto protection companies, and I sadly have, you never get that. You get this list, almost always a small list. Of, well, you have to go to this specific dealership. But the, and, of course, it's always the one 50 miles across the way. Not at CarShield. CarShield, every part of them seems engineered to make my experience easier. Man, is that nice when you're dealing with car repairs. Go to carshield.com. That's carshield.com. Use the code JESSE for 10% off. A deductible may apply. 
joining me now, as he always does, from Power of the Future, Daniel Turner has a new article out on Harris-Biden. You do not like the Harris-Biden potential administration. Daniel, I'm just shocked by this. <laughs> oh, by the way, a happy belated Christopher Columbus Day. I mean, you Italians, I guess, have to celebrate something. <laughs> It's one of our great accomplishments as Italian-Americans. And look, even even the great Jesse Kelly, the known Italian file, even he put out a tweet honoring Christopher Columbus because we live at a time people wouldn't go to the store without a mask on because they're afraid. And yet 500 years ago, they told you if you went to the horizon, you'd fall off the end of the earth and you'd die. And this dude jumped on a boat and was like, well, let's go see. So talk about bravery. I don't think people can hold a candle to his level of bravery. I know. Look, as I was saying yesterday, as I actually talked about the guy, the ocean is, I mean, I love it. It's intimidating today. You go out on a boat and you can see the shore and you're looking around at the water and it's so big and vast and scary. It's intimidating today. Well, how about a sailing ship and not knowing if you're ever going to seashore again and just aim it west? Exactly. And you watch your dwindling food and water supply, and then you start thinking, well, I wonder what that semen would taste like if I had to eat him, right? Uh, so it's a terrible, terrible prospect to think about how brave these folks were. And, you know, again, we can't hold a candle to them, but we will sit in judgment of them right now and say he did things 500 years ago that under our standards today are wrong. Yeah, well, join the club, buddy. Yeah, no doubt. All right, what are you riffing on? You know, the Biden-Harris proposal. So I put out this op-ed. I, I thank you for, for mentioning it and for letting me talk about it. But look, they are going to ban fracking. I don't care what the heck they're saying right now. They have talked for years about fracking, uh, about a fracking ban. Um, they are changing their song right now because Ohio and Pennsylvania are too close and they are huge fracking states. And I wanted to extrapolate what will happen to America when we ban fracking. Half of our oil and two-thirds of our natural gas come from fracked wells. When we have a fracking ban and all that comes gradually offline, what will happen to the price of everything and what will happen to national security? And then we'll scratch our heads and say, boy, how did we get here? So I'm trying to predict the future. All right. How do we get the people of Pennsylvania to understand this? I mean, you and I understand this. Obviously, Pennsylvania is critical. Do you think this change of tune from Biden Harris's landing in Pennsylvania? You know, I I like to think that enough people have listened to this rhetoric for the last 2 years, seen the video evidence, seen the social media evidence. It's weird because you know, I surround myself with the media. I know you do as as a, as a media personality yourself, and so you think other people are paying attention. But the vast majority of Americans aren't, and 50% of Americans aren't even going to vote, right? So there's a lot of people who just don't follow the facts. Um, I hope the Trump campaign has done enough of an effort to tell the people who work in fracking in these states in particular, and this is hundreds of thousands of people, to tell them what is on the line. It's not just their job. It's not just their livelihood. uh, It's not just that small towns in Pennsylvania are going to look like former West Virginia coal towns where every store is closed, every school is closed from lack of funding, et cetera. But there are much larger implications. You went overseas and fought in wars. What's going to happen when we start importing all of our oil and gas again from the Middle East like we did just 10 years ago, right? What's going to happen to the power of Iran 
when oil prices skyrocket from the $40 a barrel we're seeing now to $95 a barrel, which is not implausible within a year if we ban fracking, right? How much more money is Iran and Russia going to have and the Saudis and the Yemenis and the Omanis and the UAE? Do we want all these people to become filthy rich again? Is that good for America? There's huge implications here. Daniel, help me understand the difference between I, I understand um, the, in general what fracking is and how it's an advancement and how it allows us to access oil we, we otherwise didn't have access to. Has it taken mm-hmm. over the industry? Is just good old fashioned oil drilling still happening out there? Is it all fracking now? What's what's the disparity? Yeah, no, it's still especially in oil. It's about fifty fifty, right? There are just some geological formations that you don't need fracking. So, for example, Alaska, a place where I do a lot of work and I have a state director for Power of the Future in Alaska, Alaska has very little fracking. They don't need any fracking. Um, so it depends upon the formation. Texas, I would say, is about 50-50, but the Permian Basin, which is what West Texas straddling New Mexico, that is a lot of fracking. So you you still see it um, in, the oil, in the natural gas field, and that's Ohio and Pennsylvania, it's a lot of fracking. And that's just geologically, that is how you get to those hydrocarbons by shattering all of the rock 6,000 feet underground. And so, and, and that's why we've become energy dominant, because we've excelled at this technology. And isn't that just the spirit of America also? Like, huh, there's all of this potential under our feet. Under our feet. We're having a problem getting to it, and we figured out the best way to get to it. And now we get to it clean, responsibly, environmentally, ethically. And holy cow, look at what it's done to our economy. Why do we want to take that offline, right? Never let progressives tell you they're progressive. They're the most regressive group of people in the country. Why aren't Saudi Arabia and Russia and these other countries fracking? Uh, They don't need to. Again, it's a geological formation of their land. Um, Look at, for any of your listeners who have been to the beaches of uh, California. There are beaches uh, that when you walk on it, you look at your feet after, and they have little tiny black specks on them from oil that just literally is seeping through the sand. Um, oh, wow. The old stories of yeah, the old stories of Texas. You know, there will be blood. Those images that we have of even like the Beverly Hillbillies, where you drill and all of a sudden oil comes spitting out as fast as possible. We don't need fracking in those places, but. And that's a lot of the Saudis. That's a lot of Venezuela. But other parts of America do need fracking, and so we use it where it's necessary. Daniel, who's the next energy? Who's a country out there, kind of a dump, that could be a wealthy energy giant if they could get out of their own way? Uh, Well, Venezuela was a wealthy giant um, until they elected Hugo Chavez, right? Uh, Venezuela has the world's largest proven oil reserves, more than the Saudis. Um, if that's not a textbook example of socialism in action, right, the, the place that has the most oil is running out of it, and, and they're out of gas, right? There are four- and five-day gas lines in Venezuela. Remember that Milton Freeman line that if you put the federal government or, or socialism in charge of sand, eventually the Sahara Desert would be empty, <laughs> right? So, so it's an amazing example of Venezuela that went from huge prosperity to huge misery, not because of any market forces or because of of, of uh, industry forces, but because they elected a bunch of socialists. What and about, that's America's future. What about Mexico? Is Mexico flush with it? Isn't it their number one industry? Mexico it has huge oil and gas potential. Absolutely. Um, 
I think the problem with Mexico is there's not a whole heck of a lot of investment because it is not to knock the country. It has an awful lot of corruption uh, and danger associated with it. And investors, uh, you know, it's going to be hard to invest billions because you need billions to get this industry going sometimes. No one's going to invest billions when drug cartels are more powerful than the local senator. So I think Mexico has a huge potential, but Mexico needs to do an awful lot of cleaning up first. You need, you need some Italian mafia, Jesse, and we would clean Mexico right up. This is true. This is true. It's one thing you people are good at, you know, but uh, no. In all seriousness, I should have had you on yesterday to talk about Columbus Day because it, he, it's just people undersell the bravery those explorers had. I mean, even Cortez, you can focus on, uh, you know, the atrocities and whatnot with the Aztecs. Yeah, you land on foreign soil with like 500 dudes and start taking on gigantic Indian empires that want to carve out your heart. It's just impressive. All right, Daniel Turner, Power of the Future. Appreciate you, my man. Thank you, Jesse. It was a pleasure. All right. Something really dark that made me laugh. So now you're going to have to endure it. Hang on. Gold is worth something now. It was worth something last year. It was worth something a thousand years ago. And it'll be worth something a thousand years from now. I am not telling you to do something insane like cash in all your stocks and bonds and go buy gold bars and stack them in your garage. You don't have to do that. This is the new era. This is the age of the gold IRA. Gold Alliance has a five-star rating with the Better Business Bureau. That's absurd. They help you diversify your retirement. They help you with that gold IRA without penalties or tax consequences. I'm not trying to cost you a dime. I'm trying to save you a pile. Go to goldalliance.com slash jesse. That's goldalliance.com slash jesse. You can get up to 5000 bucks in free gold and silver coins. Pretty cool. Missed out? Catch up. jessekellyshow.com I'm not going to go into details of the story because somebody's dead. I'm going to give you no information whatsoever. I'm simply going to tell you that Chris sends me some articles in the morning, some things that I may or may not want to talk about. As you can imagine, the non-political ones are extensive as well. And... We all have these moments in life, you do, I do, where you think something or your first reactions to something is not necessarily something you're proud of. We've all had them, these moments you keep quiet from everyone else, 
something really bad happens to someone you hate and you're like, nice. And someone asks you, you're like, oh, man, you know, uh, prayers for his family. Prayers for his family. There are endless, endless examples of this out there. I saw the headline and it made me laugh. And I'm moving on, but the headline was simply this. Florida deputies run over victim's body on the way to the accident scene. I don't know why that kills me so much, but just the thought, just, just, I mean, that's something out of, that's something out of a comedy movie. And the thought of getting out of your patrol car, like, man, what was that? They need to fix these potholes. Oh. Uh, yeah. Bad accident over here, Bob. Let's get him out of here. Let's get him out of here. (laughs) Oh, one more thing. Trying to keep you people alive. One more thing. There was a headline out there about a school dropping the name Cougars as the team name because it might offend women. One, that's pathetic. Two, older chicks are awesome. Three, there's a video floating around online of a cougar, an actual an actual mountain lion, a big cat, an animal, Chris, chasing after somebody. Not really chasing, but walking towards a dude and hissing at him and stuff. And the dude, I'm sure you've probably seen it by now. I'm actually going to play it on my TV show today if you're if you're interested in it. My TV show's on the first TV. You can get it on Pluto TV or Apple TV. or It's called I'm Right. It's on every night, 9 o'clock Eastern. And the dude is, of course, filming it because everybody has to film their life and death situations these days. And he's walking away from it. And, uh, uh, go away. It's like he's doing the weird hissing sound back at it. It's, it doesn't sound as good as mine because, as you know, I do my own sound effects. But he's doing the thing and whatnot. Let me explain to you something about cats, especially big cats, because you may find yourself in a scenario like this one day. Big cats chase things. They chase things that run away from them. They specialize in chasing things that run away from them and killing things. Big cats are awesome. What big cats do not do is get in a fist fight with something running at them. You run away from a big cat, you are prey. You run at a big cat, it is prey. I understand this would be a touch nerve-wracking, but if a big cat, even a lion, is coming at you, you hold a coat or shirt over your head, make yourself as big as possible, and be as loud as possible, and you run at The big cat, right at it. Mark my words, it will turn and run. These crazy uh, African tribes have been doing this stuff with lions for years. That's why so much of the time they'll send out these hunting parties and people are like, oh my gosh, these people are insane. They just have these wooden spears and like a rawhide shield. How are they going to do this? 
They're loud. They pound on them. They pound on drums. They make a lot of noise. That is how you get rid of a cat. Throw stuff at it. Do not, under any circumstances, any circumstances, turn around and run the other direction. You have 0% chance of outrunning that big cat anyway, and it will think, oh, good, dinner. Dinner is what runs away. Now, I need to stress one final point here as we're going over Jesse's wilderness survival tips. Hang on. Your credit score, when I say it can save you money, here's what I mean. Let's say, just for the sake of argument, you had a credit score that was in the high 500s, mid 600s. And I understand if that's your situation. I understand life happens. I get it. Divorce, lost job, I get it. I understand. But if that's your situation, and let's say you go buy a new car, if you'd gone to ScoreMaster first, and raised your credit score 61 points, which is on average what a ScoreMaster user gets in 20 days or less, you would have saved $9,000 on that car loan. If that was a home loan, $100,000. That's real. You need to improve your credit score before you need your credit score. Go to scoremaster.com slash jesse. That's scoremaster.com slash Jesse. Go. It's right there in front of you. Go make that credit score better today. One final wilderness tip for our Jesse's Wilderness Survival segment of the day. That whole run at it thing applies to big cats. It very much does not apply to grizzly bears. I cannot emphasize that point enough. Remember our Lewis and Clark episode? It's one of the things they found completely disconcerting. Because you can actually run at black bears lots of times and they'll run. A grizzly bear? (laughs) He's... He's not going to be intimidated in the least. In fact, you're probably just going to make him even angrier. (laughs) Um, Grizzly bears, they're so freaking cool. It's in them now. They're used to being the top of the food chain. They're not really concerned which direction you're running. If they're coming, you're dying. Crazy creatures. Crazy. We need a wilderness guy on, Chris. Hang on.
This is The Jesse Kelly Show. This is The Jesse Kelly Show. In the meantime, I think we should check in on the uh, messaging of the Joe Biden campaign. Let's see how he's doing today. Yes. Uh, Gallup reported last week 50, 56% of Americans said that they were better off today than they were four years ago, would have been under the Obama-Biden administration. So why should people who feel that they are better off today under the Trump administration vote for you? Well, if they think that, they probably shouldn't. Hmm. If they think... That's a, that's a good job, Joe. <laughs> uh, Joe, so uh, more than half the country feels like they're better off. Would you? Do you want their votes? Should you? Should they vote for you? Oh, absolutely not. <laughs> they should definitely go the other way. <laughs> it is. You know why? I'm looking forward to this election. I understand you're probably dreading it. Let me let me make you feel better if I can. Although this, because I've been told repeatedly that I'm bad at comforting people, this may end up making you feel worse. But if you look at it from the right perspective, it'll make you feel better. Let me let me make you feel better. Donald Trump, complete political phenom, definitely. A hot or cold guy. Nobody's lukewarm on Trump. You either hate his guts or you love him in general. However, as president, while I believe he has made some monumental mistakes, mainly his initial coronavirus response and such, as president, analyzing a four years of president, dude's been outstanding, simply outstanding. His foreign policy is second to absolutely none. Deregulated the economy, the employment numbers, the stock market numbers, all the, all this stuff. Pre- Dude, by any account, if you can analyze Donald Trump's presidency, it's been an outstanding four years. It really has been. It really has been. So, knowing that and knowing that presidents get reelected, they just do. History says so. Remember, you and I... Because we're political people, we come on here and we talk about 8 million things that are important. So I guess I shouldn't call them little things. But we talk about p- things that the voting public who will actually decide the election will never even think about. We argue about them and talk about them. We play sound bites and taxes and spending and abortion and immigration. And we just go way, way deeper and way beyond the voter who actually decides the election. We do. Sitting presidents get reelected. Been a good four years for Donald Trump. And Joe Biden is his political opponent. Joe Biden is such a historically bad candidate. It's frightening. He's always been like a C minus politician. He's never done anything of note at all in D.C. Finally, Obama picks him as VP, and it's just they want somebody to beat Trump. So, uh, Joe Biden, it's no Joe Biden. They pick Joe Biden. 
But he's terrible at this. Terrible at this. So we have a good four years of Trump. We have the fact that presidents get reelected anyway. And we have a bad Democrat candidate. Knowing all that, allow me to put your mind at ease about the election. No, I don't know how it's going to go. Yes, I think Donald Trump is going to win because of all those factors. However, if Donald Trump loses on election night, well, that tells you where we are anyway, doesn't it? I understand it's not ideal. I don't want Joe Biden as my president. You don't want Joe Biden as your president. You don't want these lunatics in charge. But if he wins, doesn't doesn't clarity, in a way, have its own value where we stand? You walk in the in the in the door tonight, you see your girlfriend, she comes up to you and says, Fan, I've got to tell you, you snore, you're rude, and I just don't like being around you. Now, that hurts. I'm not going to act like you're going to be thrilled about that. But isn't isn't that beneficial in the end? Isn't that a clarifying moment on where we stand? On where you stand? If Joe Biden, Joe Biden, if Joe Biden is able to unseat an extremely successful sitting president, Okay, not ideal. I'm not going to be thrilled about where we stand, but I'm glad I have more clarity, aren't you? Aren't you? And look, it's not as if the world's going to implode the next day. I give you my word. Come hell or high water, I will be sitting in this chair the next day, and if we're celebrating, we're going to celebrate together. And if we're, if we're a little sore, we're going to do that together too. I understand there are some major FCC rules out there against drinking alcohol while on the air. I'm not making that up. I never knew this was a thing in the radio industry. But apparently these are like, it's a big deal, right, Chris? It's, it's a crime or something. It's a big deal. Chris, honestly, Chris is so adorable. You know what Chris just asked me? He asked me like I had. He's like, have you not read the broadcaster's handbook who has all this laid out? One, the first time I heard about the broadcaster's handbook was about seven seconds ago when you just brought it up to me. That's one. Two, if I had known about it, I still wouldn't read it. Three, if you said it in front of me right now, I wouldn't read it. There's 0% chance I will ever hold it in my hand and less than 0% chance I will ever read the broadcaster's handbook. I'm not a professional. I sit down and I talk. I did hear that drinking alcohol on the air is extremely against the rules. I think it's like a crime. I'm not kidding. (laughs) It is a crime, Chris. I thought so. However, I'll be drinking that next day if Joe Biden wins. We're going to go through that together. Yes, Chris, I understand. I have to say that officially. It'll be water or something. I'm I'm just, I'm telling you. 
We'll go through it together. We'll get through it together. We're going to get through that next four or eight years, whatever it is. We're going to laugh. We're going to move on. But back to the election, clarifying moments, they're extremely, extremely helpful. Extremely helpful. I had a buddy. My buddy. That's the way I can. Well, let's just let's just tell the tale here, and I'll cover up as many details as possible. Full disclosure: I'm going to change some details here because the show has gotten big enough that I've told these stories before, and even the vague ones will get back to my buddies, and they'll realize I was talking about them. Now, I'm not necessarily worried about that, but I don't want to hurt anyone else's feelings, and you know, I haven't talked to them about this, but. We're in 29 Palms, California, a bunch of young infantry Marines. And we get were a few of my buddies and I had started going down to Phoenix when we would have extended weekends because Phoenix is a blast of a town. The food, the girls, the bars, it was just so much fun down there. And... Well, one of my buddies started to make some really bad decisions. Hang on. Jesse Kelly. Carshield.com. Go today. And I know what you're thinking. Well, Jesse, I don't I don't have to go. I my car's fine. I haven't had any problems. I just got a tune-up. Car's running fine. Yeah, but that's the point. By the time you need it, it's too late. Tomorrow that check engine light could come on. Tomorrow, God forbid, you get in a wreck. You have something terrible happen to your vehicle. Just, it can happen out of nowhere. So why not go with America's number one auto protection company? They can cover you today. Today. They have a huge range of protection plans. Don't think you're bound to something. You're certainly not. On top of that, the payments are flexible at CarShield, and you choose the mechanic. Go to carshield.com. That's carshield.com. Don't forget to use the code JESSE. Save you 10%. A deductible may apply. We're enjoying ourselves now and then in Phoenix. My buddy is going down there more often than I am. Now, it's quite a haul from 29 Palms, California to Phoenix, so I didn't go down as often as he was. He was really hammering it down there. And it turns out he had met a young lady. This young lady, um, very attractive, pretty cool to be around. He uh, met her at an establishment that you would probably find near an airport or a 
party district downtown. Most likely no windows in the building and some very strict rules about touching. You're understanding what I mean here. He was a uh, performer. And you know I don't I don't judge. I'm the last person in the world who's qualified to judge. There's nobody in this world more screwed up and laundry list of sins. Nobody has a longer one than I do. And especially back then, I was the same way. So, you know, I gave him the standard, you know, high five, nice, but that's kind of cool. You know, when you're a 19, 20-year-old Marine, that's fine, fine. To answer your question beforehand, Chris, no, I never saw her perform. Okay, all right, fair enough. Never saw. No, I was never involved in, in um, seeing her do that. But he begins to date this girl. Okay. In general, again, I'm not passing judgment on anybody. In general, you want to keep those relatively short-term, fellas. <laughs> if uh, you want to take a dip in the pool, just know that there's a time limit. You need, we need to get out at some point in time. Understand you don't want to you don't want to stay in that pool. We can kind of get in and get out. Now, while this is going on, September 11th happens. Things are ramping up. We are starting to get word, get your stuff packed, get ready, you're going overseas. I'm not sure if we remembered if it was Iraq, if we knew whether it was Iraq or not yet. I think we did. It doesn't matter. And we finally get a date. This date, you're shipping out Iraq. We're gone. Okay. You fill out your last will and stuff. People go see their family in general of some kind on their final weekend. You know, they give you, they gave us a couple days, maybe two or three days off. You go out, see the fam. You say goodbye to them for what may be the last time. You don't know. I, I went and saw my, my folks and my sister. Say goodbye, hi, you know, hopefully I see you again. Maybe I'll die. That kind of thing. Well, that's what I did. What my friend did was he took the uh, lady, lady of the night, if you will. He'd been dating for, I think, four months now, maybe five months now. And they got married on that final weekend. Now, again. I cannot stress this enough how I'm not judging. If you're going to dip in that pool and you're going to stay in that pool, okay, fine. All right, you're having a good time, but fine. You don't marry. And you don't marry that soon. And you definitely don't marry before you're about to go thousands of miles away across the globe. So, again, clarifying moments, of course, of course course. I am trying to be as nice as possible while advising him. This is not, can you get this annulled? This is not, this is not a good idea. This is is not, I cannot stress this enough. This is not a good idea. Oh no, it's going to be fine. No, I love her, man. I love her. It's going to be fine. Buddy, this is not, this is not going to go well when you're gone and she's a young lady and and lonely, and this is just not going to go well, and you don't have the kind of relationship that's going to hold up for that. This just please hear me. Get this annulled now, please. 
It is no, he's not going to do it. It's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. And I think we were in combat for a month, maybe. Maybe two months. And we had all been, you know, giving him some crap about it while trying to be as supportive as possible. And he's insisting it's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. And he gets a letter. This is this is pre-email. We didn't have facilities and we were over there. Email existed. We just didn't have facilities. It was all letters and it was slow. And he gets an email from her requesting, well, more like just informing him. Hey, I just wanted to give you a heads up. Everything's fine. I really miss you. Uh, one of my guy friends who I'm really close with has fallen on some hard times, so he's going to move in with me for a while and help out with the rent. <laughs> oh, Chris, this asked if it was a month. I think it was maybe two. It definitely was not two or three. Yes, a letter got from California, actually Arizona to be specific, to Iraq. I, I mean, it must have been five minutes. My buddy was gone and someone else was moving in, so to speak. And to his credit, though, he had ignored all the warnings of all of his friends. To his credit, you could see as he read the letter, he was hurt. I don't want to make fun of him. It, it, I mean, it did suck. It was a young idiot. We've all, we've, we've all, done, men do stupid things for women, okay? But you could see it almost immediately after. He had a clarifying moment of, oh, man, I really did marry a stripper after dating her for like four months. Okay. All right. I, I, I see. I see now. And obviously, they're, they're no longer a thing long since parted and whatnot. Now, do I want you know my sons to have a moment like that one day when I think about things? No, it's not what I'm wishing for. In general, you want to, you want to, you don't, you don't want to go that route. However, it was good for my buddy. A clarifying moment was good for my buddy. In the end, is he better off than he would have been if he'd if he'd never stepped into the house of ill repute and found that young girlfriend? Of course he probably would have been better off in the end, but you can still take good things from bad experiences. Haven't you cut from a basketball team? Maybe you've been through a divorce. Maybe you've had has your life been all roses? My life hasn't been all roses. I've told look, I I, I mean you can you can accuse me about being a lot of things. Not being honest with you is not one of them. I share all the things that I've screwed up, or at least the things I'm allowed to share on the air. And obviously when I look back, people are like, Why do you have any regrets? Well, if I look back, there are a bunch of things I kind of wish I was smart enough to have not done. However, I can look back on it. And take the good and find the good lessons I learn. Clarifying moments are extremely beneficial. If Joe Biden, a historically bad candidate, is able to unseat a sitting president, which is very hard to do, that will hurt. That will hurt a lot. I'm not going to deny it. However... It'll be a nice clarifying moment for where we stand as a country. If that's where we are, okay, that sucks. But 
At least we know, right? I would rather know where we are than not. I don't want a fluffy sense of false reality. Just give it to me right between the eyes. Where are we? And so in that way, I'm looking forward to this election. I think you should be too. Yes, I I have moments where I'm apprehensive. And yes, I really want Trump to win. If he doesn't, lick our wounds and march on. Hang on. GoldAlliance.com slash Jesse. You might hear those words echoing in your head one day. Because here's what you and I do. And I'm I'm blaming myself too. Thankfully, I'm not doing it when it comes to Gold Alliance. But we put things off. Or we look around and we convince ourselves that the way it is now, this is just how it's always going to be. Well, what do we talk about on the show every day? History. Doesn't history show you everything changes? Everything changes. Do you really think that stock market with all these business closures, all this deficit spending, money printing, do you honestly think that stock market grows to the sky? Come on. Go get a gold IRA. Get it today. GoldAlliance.com slash Jesse. GoldAlliance.com slash Jesse. Joining me now... Host of World News with BK, former Air Force PJ. BK, I just can't bring myself to care about the Amy Coney Barrett stuff. It seems like everyone's just going through the motions. We know she's getting confirmed. The Dems don't seem like they want to make a big Kavanaugh mistake again. Is it me? Am I burnt out? Am I cynical? What is it? I think maybe you are a little bit burned out, Jesse. I mean, think, finally, it, maybe it's a good thing. You know, maybe the Kavanaugh thing was really a high water mark. And that's something, I don't know about you, I will never get over that one. Nope. And that's why when all these people were like, oh, well, you should wait until after. I'm like, nope. Teenage drunken gang rape ring are the words <laughs> I say back to them. And I say, you can eat Amy Comey Barrett and uh, with a big pile of whipped cream and enjoy it because we're going to shove it right down your throat and I have no problem with it. And actually, Jesse, I cannot, you know, you and I have talked about this before. The amount of people in this country that are obsessed with all things Trump and like the idea of being that obsessed over another grown man is just bizarre and weird to me. You and I have a wide variety of topics that we like to discuss, Mm -hmm. but we look at some of these resistance types and it's such a weird way for me to live, particularly when your city council and mayor have in state government for that matter, have way more influence over your day-to-day life than the president does. I've never figured it out. I, I, I totally agree. And by the way, on that note, I was trying to give my version of a cheery speech to everybody right before you came on. And what I said was this. Obviously, I I want Donald Trump to win the election. 
But people right. should be excited about this no matter what, because you have Donald Trump, whatever you think about him, he's had a really great four years. Foreign policy has been outstanding, good for business. <laughs> Sitting presidents get reelected. Joe Biden is a disaster of a candidate. N- none of these things can really be disputed that much. So if Joe Biden right. beats him, not ideal, but pretty indicative of where we are, it's a clarifying moment. I don't mind clarity sometimes. It'll tell me where it, we are. It, it, it kind it kind of is. You know, I really I really think, you know, I used to joke a long time ago that America was inevitably doomed to break up into pieces, right? So it doesn't really bother me. And if that ha- and if it if it ends up happening, you know what? So be it. This is what the people vote for, right? Elections have consequences. And on my end, you know, it's all it'll be great for the podcast uh, in a selfish manner, because we can watch Joe Biden sliding into dementia for the next six months or however much longer he has until dull-witted Kamala Harris takes over the reins. So either way, I'm good with it. And like I said, Jesse, I'm a grown man and I have other stuff going on in my life besides who, what dope is the president. <laughs> you know, wh- I've never figured this out. And by the way, I'm as guilty as anybody else. Why don't people care about local politics at all? It's just not sexy for me. I don't know why. I don't get into it, I, and it matters. I, well, I, I I vote. You know, I find out who the candidates right. are, and I vote, and I make sure I'm doing the right things. But it just doesn't entice people. Right. It, it really doesn't. And you know what? That's a great way to, to gauge somebody's, like, political savvy when they're screaming about Trump. Ask them who their city council person is. Nine times out of ten, if not more, they won't even know who it is. It cracks me up. I think, you know, it's funny. You know, Jesse, right before you called, I was actually laying in bed nude, you know, as oh, I usually gosh, do. And I, and I get up, I, I look in the mirror, you know, the, the ab veins are coming out in the mirror on the six-pack right now. Just striking. The whole image, Jesse, is, uh, is, is quite something. And it occurred to me that most people don't even know who their congressional representatives are. Forget about city council. Tell me something. Why exactly? I've never figured this out at all. Why exactly do people obsess over, and I mean absolutely obsess over royalty? Because you brought up Trump, and I'm thinking about how people obsess over royal weddings and such. What is this in human nature? Do we want kings and queens? Yes, 100%. 100%. Because it's like this strong leader, you know, with Trump, with the orange man. He's he's uh, he's kind of like this polarizing figure. You either love him or hate him. There's no real in between. I mean, most people aren't like that. Like, you know, Mitt Romney. Right. Nobody like really, really hates Mitt Romney and nobody really, really loves Mitt Romney. It just is. And there's so and most people in D.C. and most politicians, for that matter, are like that. But, you know, Trump is like this is some kind of political gauge. Trump doesn't bother me because, you know, all my uncles are just like him. They're all these East Coast, Jersey, loudmouth, oafish jerks. You know, they're all they're all like that. So, like, I've known these guys my whole life. And, you know, when Trump comes along and people freak out, they're like, oh, my God, this guy, he's saying things uh, that he actually means. It's so weird. And they can't handle it. Explain to me why you're not that way. Is that a parent thing? What were your parents like? Um, sort of. So I, grew, I I think it's a coastal thing for sure. Like my parents were both from Jersey and, and New York. Oh. City, and, but I but I was born and raised on the West Coast and grew up here out here my whole life. And so. It's just a lot different. So I think the nature versus nurture debate is I'm a big fan of the, you know, how you where you grew up and how you were shaped and the environment you were shaped in. So that's what I think. I I can't I I guess I'm trying to find a way. I'm trying to find this ingenious way, which we all know I'll do, BK. I'm trying to find a way for people 
to get them unplugged. People genuinely need to be unplugged from the matrix. Stop believing anything you see. Stop letting these people yank you this way and that. Because all my political friends are miserable. My friends like you and I are totally happy. My political friends, it blows me away. Of Every day, it's, oh, it's the end of the world. Oh, nothing matters. Oh, we're all going to die. Oh, this is the worst, worst election ever, worst year ever. Bro, you need to get out. Right. You know what? And Jesse, the thing is, you and I, we don't take this stuff too seriously. We have a life. We can find humor in things. I say, I've said that on the podcast from the minute I started. I'm like, you know, what? I don't take any of this too seriously. I'm just trying to make jokes here. And then I'm going to stop the podcast and go on with my life. And what you said about nothing you see is real. It's so true, Jesse. Look at all the fake news that we've been subjected to. It's just garbage day in and day out. We still have a major veterans organization flogging the Russia bounty story, even after major media outlets and the commanding general of Afghanistan forces have debunked it. And yet we don't have a single military journalist, Jesse, who shows any interest in asking why a major veterans group followed by Bernie Sanders and Andrew Yang tweets this conspiracy theory out every single day. And are they kicked off Twitter like the scary QAnon people, whatever the hell that is? No. So as long as you say the right conspiracy theory, Jesse, you're free to do whatever you want. Why don't we know anything more about Jeffrey Epstein, about Jeffrey Epstein's list about, you know, I I really I find this amazing. We just forgot about that whole thing, that there was some billionaire (laughs) running a child sex trafficking ring across the country with apparently actors and presidents and and other billionaires. And everybody just kind of like, oh, he he killed himself, but not really. And everyone just kind of moved on. It's just it blows me away. The media has no interest in doing anything that does not involve Trump. They have zero interest in it. I was blasting them on Twitter the other day, and I got some huffy journalists in my mentions, and they get very upset. But I'm like, look at you. All you do is talk about Trump. You don't care about literally anything else. You're a friggin' joke to me. So, I mean, like right in front of me, I'm looking at the story of the 53-year-old man in Pennsylvania who tried to rent a horse on Facebook for a threesome with his wife. Uh, That's news, Jesse. I want to hear about this. What (laughs) is wrong with you? And what is wrong with people? I mean, you bring these stories onto the show, and I'm just, I'm floored there are people out there. It's not as if we all don't have have our quirks of some kind, but just something went wrong in the wiring, I right? Do, I do question I do question what's wrong with me, Jesse, because as I'm reading the story about the guy who wants to rent a horse for the threesome, <laughs> the only reason the only reason he got caught, he reached out to a chick on Facebook. This is in Pennsylvania. This is not fake news, people, only real news here. And and so this guy, this guy is trying, you know, this is woman. Her business is to rent this horse, you know, out to like children's parties and stuff like a pony ride. And, stuff. and this dude reaches out. And now I'm wondering what how, how often this goes on, because this dude reaches out and she was all ready to rent the horse. Then the guy just blurts out. Oh, by the way, this isn't ah. for my grandchild. This is for me and my wife ah. to have a threesome with. And I'm like, dude, you could have gotten away with it, bro. <laughs> how So how strict are you? On your terms of service for the horse. All right, BK, host of World News with BK. Thank you, buddy. Thanks, brother. Well, now that we're all sick, time to move on to something awesome. Hang on. Is he smarter than everyone? Who knows? Does he think so? Yeah. The Jesse Kelly Show. 
your credit score can cost you, well, not just money, heartbreak. It can cost you heartbreak. As you know, I sold RVs for a long time. I was an RV sales manager for a long time. And I would watch these young families come in all the time and want to buy an RV. You know, just finally getting their feet underneath them. Little extra money to spend. Come get an RV. You want to start making memories with the kids. What's better than that, right? Who, Of course you want to make memories with the kids. Get all through the process out there shopping for an RV. Come in. Credit score is a 580. And I'm staring a family in the face. Wife, dad, kids. And I'm telling them. You can't buy this thing. Should have told him to go to ScoreMaster. Go to scoremaster.com slash jesse and raise that credit score. Scoremaster.com slash jesse. You know, as, as, as you know, I'm a man of many, 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 many talents. I also, on top of everything else, and it's a laundry list of things I'm really good at, I have an eye for talent out there. I can spot the next leader, and I found one right here. This is from ctvnews.ca. Sounds Canadian. Headline, 11-year-old charged in Louisiana after allegedly stealing a school bus and engaging in a police chase. Police in Baton Rouge alleged the preteen saw a bus at an early childhood education center, figured out how to turn it on, and began driving. Video from the incident on on Sunday shows a... On Sunday shows a school bus. That's difficult right there, Chris, but I did it. Two takes, no big deal. Being chased by several police vehicles. The chase lasted about half an hour. He didn't go five minutes, Chris. Half hour before the bus crashed into a gas line and a tree in a woman's front yard, causing severe damage to the bus. Thank goodness he was okay. Libby Smith, owner of the property where the bus crashed, told CNN he was safe but it was not your typical Sunday afternoon occurrence for sure. So we're blessed in that way and didn't do and it didn't do any more damage than it did. Of course, that's such a Southerner thing to say. Look, we're just blessed on a Sunday. I'm glad he's fine. If y'all could tow that, if y'all could tow that bus out of the out of the yard, I'd appreciate it. I love living in the South. Let me just say this. As you well know, I love every part of the well, that's not true. I don't love every part of the country, but I've lived all over the country and I like each part for what it gives me. You know, I like Rust Belt Construction Worker, Ohio. One, food as far as sandwiches and pizza there, second to almost, almost none. Their pizza is only second to the New Jersey, New York area. Their sandwiches, the best sandwiches in the United States of America are Rust Belt sandwiches. Pittsburgh, Ohio, you want a sandwich, you want a meatball sub, you go to the Rust Belt. They know how to do meatball sub. Don't shake your head, Chris. You have no idea. You probably eat something disgusting like pastrami on rye or something gross like that. And yes, I'm stereotyping you.
Okay, one, yes, pastrami is delicious. But two, don't you ever say that about meatballs again on this show. You'll be producing from the parking lot. All right. I love Montana. I love how wild Montana is. I actually, and don't throw stuff at the radio. I love California. I know they're insane now. And it, it sucks that they ruined that place. But California, is so, it's got so much cool countryside up north, even down south. The beaches and just the perfect weather is gorgeous. Even Arizona, even though it's the desert, and you know I don't do desert anymore. So many cool things. D.C., where I hated, I hated living in D.C. The people were so freaking rude. The food sucks. Still, I'll, I'll be honest. As I was stuck in traffic for an hour and a half every single day to and from work, kind of cool looking at the Capitol building, looking at the Washington Monument, looking at that. It felt cool. The history's cool. The museums are cool. You know I dig on that stuff. However, there's nothing like living in the South. It's just different. The manners work for me. Absolutely work for me. So I dig it. Anyway, finishing up our story here. While there were no injuries reported, the boy has been charged with theft of a motor, ve- motor vehicle, aggravated flight, three counts of aggravated property, ag- aggravated damage to property, and aggravated assault, according to the local news, WAFB. Um, how can you charge an 11-year-old with all that? Can kids get charged with crimes like that, Chris? They can? How much is his bail? We need to get him out. What? I'm sorry. I understand leadership. When you're eyeing up a school bus at the age of 11, I think I saw this. I'm going to have to look it up. Don't quote me on this. I may have this part of the story wrong. I think he gave the cops the finger on the way, too, when he was being chased. I'm not even kidding. Chris, look that up real fast. See if you can find it. I'm almost positive that's the case. I think he gave the cops the bird. Tell me. You know what? I'll tell you something for a fact. Those cops were snickering about that later. I guarantee they were. Once everything was done and nobody got hurt, those cops were all, okay, that was kind of awesome. That kid was awesome. (laughs) So, look, I've been to it. He did, didn't he? I knew he did. Yeah, he gave the cops the finger. Gosh, that's hilarious. 11 years old. All right. I've been debating, Chris. Wait, before I get to that, don't forget. The whole show's available on Google, iHeart, Spotify, on iTunes. After the show, Chris gets them all up there. You can go podcast the stuff. Listen to your leisure. If you're on iTunes, subscribe, leave a five-star rating. It actually does help the show. And leave a review talking about how handsome I am. Hang on. Home title theft is going like wildfire right now in this country. It's just not something the authorities have a handle on. It's not. It's a big, big problem because these cyber thieves, 
they know it's the easy money out there right now. And when I say easy, this is how painfully easy it is for them. They hack in. In 10 minutes, they have their hands on your home title with your signature forged on it. Completely real-looking document. Oh, notarized, too. They take it down to a lender. They take a loan out against your home. They're gone with all that cash, and you have to pay that loan back. Not your home insurance. You do. Go to Home Title Lock because they will detect that tampering and lock it down immediately. HomeTitleLock.com. Use the code RADIO. Get 30 days for free. Chris, you know, they say, I've been told this several times, mainly I've been, I've had the wink, wink, nudge, nudge, here's a suggestion for you from fellow media pundits of, well, I mean, you really need to talk about the big news of the day, no matter what you want to talk about. And I always have to do that thing where I'm like, oh yeah, I'll do that. Thank you for your advice. Yeah, I'm not doing that at all. Obviously, as you've seen, it's been a little light on the show with the Amy Coney Barrett nomination process. I might play you some sound bites tomorrow. Let me just give you full disclosure. They're all going through the motions. It's all one big campaign event. It does not interest me. You're not going to get a lot of that on this show. Period. It just doesn't interest me. And you know what? I'm always right anyway. That's all. Kelly show on the Jordan Harbinger show. You'll hear amazing stories from people that have lived them from spies to CEOs, even an undercover agent who infiltrated the Gambino crime family. You're about to hear a preview of the Jordan Harbinger show with Jack Garcia, who did just that. My career was 24 out of 26 years was solely dedicated working on the cover. I walk in, I'm in the bar. Now there's a barmaid there, good looking young lady. She's serving me drink. Hey, what would you like? I usually, my drink was, give me a kettle, one martini, three olives, glass of water on the side. I finish the drink. The guys come in. I'm going to go, go in my pocket, take out the big wad of money. Bam, I give her $100. If you're with the mob, I say, hey, Jordan, you're on record with us. That means we protect you. Nobody could shake you down. We could shake you down, but you're on record with us. For more on how Jack became so trusted in the highest levels of the Gambino organization, check out episode 392 of The Jordan Harbinger Show. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do 
and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.